And it's like, we don't really take time and really analyze and assess why we want to lead. Why do you want to start that business? Is it solely because of money? So it's going to be so important that you identify for yourself what your values are. Identify what, you know, what your non-negotiables are and really figure out if the organization or what you're doing is in alignment. So that that's really going to be a, a self-assessing process. Okay, I know I'm about that bag. But I know if I go to this company here, they're about community and I don't care about community. And I know that sounds crazy, but some people are solely about the bag. So why would you go work for a community organization when you're really about the bag? Leaders need constant developing. It might be on the personal side of development or the professional side, but essentially the work that you do on yourself will benefit how you show up as a leader in the home as well as within the workplace. Check out these testimonials from some clients I've worked with in the past and make sure you book your session soon. They want to continue on this journey because it has been very beneficial for me. Um, like I said, I'm not the same person. I don't feel like I'm the same person I was five weeks ago. How I fit your strategic goal. And they're like, wow, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that does. I mean, I'll... I, I'm glad. I'm glad you got me there because that's that's good. So, you feel it was accurate. Like, what was your feedback? I think it was definitely accurate. Thank you so All much. Right. This was fantastic. You're welcome. You're welcome. And you have period. Like, how do you feel now? I do want to be successful in my business. Um, I need to work on me. I'm like, I'm happy right now. I am. I'm, that's this is good. good. So, what are you waiting for? Schedule your session today. What's up, guys? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Internal Fire. And on today's episode, I'm going to bring you a podcast episode that I did on the Successes Within Reach podcast with Shannon Smith. Shout out to him. I was also on there with Corey Sigu. You guys have heard of him on here before. But we had a great conversation about leadership. It was so, so good. And we just answered a lot of questions, had just some real dialogue. And as we get into 2021, I really want us to take our our individual selves to another level, our leadership to another level, our businesses and our organization. So this episode, these two episodes, actually, because it's going to be a two-part series, is going to really be able to help you do that. So let's get dialed in, get your notepads, and let's what? Get into this message. This is episode three, leadership, management, and communication. I'm super excited this evening as we have two dynamic guests with us. First up, I want to introduce Miss Aisha Thomas. <laughs> there she is. Uh, she helps corporate and business leaders improve awareness, performance, communication, and diverse talent management. She's also an author of two phenomenal books. Miss Thomas, how are you doing this evening? Hey, I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. And our next guest is Mr. Corey. Is it Sigu or Sigu? Sigu. Sigu. There we go. <laughs> All right. And he's an uplifter, a servant to the people, an elevator for others, and someone who needs not bear a title. This man knows leadership and management like the back of his hand. Sir, how you doing this evening? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. How y'all out there? All right. All right. Let me switch our uh, background up a little bit here. All right, just want to remind everybody you can join in the conversation and submit your questions at www.facebook.com slash SIWR podcast. 
without further ado, let's get into it. Question one is, what are the differences between a leader, a manager, and a supervisor? We'll start with Ms. Thomas. <laughs> to be honest, there's not really much a dif much difference with each one of those individuals. I, I because essentially we're all in the work of serving the people, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, we were talking earlier about the importance of understanding our client and our customer. So of course we have the organization, right? The organization hired us, they, they put us on the job. And then you also have maybe your supervisor, your CEO or whoever you report to. And then you have your, your, the team that you're over. So you're supervising them, you're managing them, you're leading them because leadership is in each one of those roles. So again, you have your team of individuals. So it is still going to be a level of management in regards to understanding how to engage that team, how to support that team, how to lead that team effectively so you can get to the big picture. So you might have your individual goal within the team that you have. You might have the goal that you have for that you want your um, supervisor, your direct uh, supervisor that you want to reach for your supervisor. And then you have the organizational goal. So you have those three levels of clientele, but they all are levels of leadership. And yes, they might vary. There are different tiers of leadership. There's different tiers of management, but each one of those individuals are a leader. They just might have different roles and responsibilities depending on the organization that they work for. But I want us to recognize that regardless of what role you're in, supervisor, manager, whatever they want to call you, front, front, super front line, back line, up line, you are still a leader and you're still there to serve. Typically, again, you have the client, you have the customer, that's your team, you have the organizational goals, and then you have the goal that you want to reach for that supervisor you report to. So each one of those are your um, team members and you have to learn how to lead in every single one of those situations to serve all those different goals. Nice. Corey, what's your take on this? Yeah, and so so for me, I just think that it's it, all of these things are just titles for people to have, right? Like we go home and we can go like it's like Thanksgiving is coming up and you could be like, man, look, what, so what do you do again? Oh, man, I'm a supervisor for such and such. Uh, I'm a manager for whatever. I'm a team lead. Like it's just a title, right? And so the mm -hmm. thing we have to realize is, is that we can walk in the title. And as I said, even in, even in the intro, right, like I'm a man, I, I don't need a title to lead. Right. But we, what we want to realize is this is just simply just something. It, you, it's a role that you're playing. Right. We have to look at these terms as support roles, whether you're a manager, you're managing a business, you're managing a structure, you're managing the scope of a duty or something like that. All you're doing is playing a role to somebody else that you need to support your supervisor. People say, well, I, I need to supervise your actions. I need to supervise what you're doing over here. I need to supervise your metrics. Right. All I'm doing is supervising it so that I can support you on how to get better. Like it always comes back to how do we support the person to come better? And we it, it's just roles. There's no man in the ivory tower. There's no woman in the ivory tower. There's no king on the throne, queen on the throne. It's just simply this is my title. That's cool. But let's even think about it, too. When you think about mom, dad, what is that? That's a title. That's leadership. Right. When you think about brother, sister, that's a title. But that's leadership because your big brother might teach you something. Your big sister might teach you something. Right. If you somebody like me, I'm a little brother. I might teach you something. Right. So it's just a title. So just we just have to understand that these are just some things that it, look, scratch everything away. Take the title, take the take the the job function, I guess. And then say, OK, so what is it really? It's just a support role. Right. There's, mm -hmm. There should be really no difference because you're just developing from a different scope. 
Nice. So just off of question one, now y'all see why I'm super excited to have both of them on here this evening. <laughs> All right, and, then, and, and just like, and just to piggyback off what Corey said, I mean, again, we have to remember that we are leaders regardless of what role we play. I always, mm -hmm. um, like, even when I go talk to youth, I tell them that leading is inevitable. Because just like Corey highlighted, you're a leader in the household. You know, maybe you're a parent. Mm -hmm. um, you might be a big brother, big sister. So we have to realize that the role leader or that um, aspect of leadership comes in so many different realms that we have to do. And the skills and the tools that we learn to execute on that roles are pretty similar. And yes, so there's leadership and role. Yes, you go pay, you go and um, you look for a job and they hire you as a leader. But, but for a lot of us, leadership is something that we will essentially, it's inevitable because again, we're doing it in our homes. We're doing it for family. We're doing it in mentorship. So leadership is, mm -hmm. is going to be a skill that you want to really develop or regardless of role or what role you don't choose to be in. It's something that we just have to really, really take serious and learn how to do. So that's an interesting perspective. And I, I think it leads us, it's a perfect segue to lead us into our next question. Do you believe that leaders are born or that they're made? Like this, this is an age old debate. You know, some people say, no, I'm a, I'm a born leader. And then some people say, well, no, I went to school. You know, I took the training and I learned how to become a leader. So what is your take on it? Do you think that leaders are born or that they're made? And we'll start it's, with Corey. Oh, start oh, with Corey. No, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. So um, so here's the thing. Right. And I, I, I love this question. I was just talking about this. Right. So. I don't think that anybody's born a leader. I don't think that we're just, you know, just God, whatever your faith is, God dropped us on the earth and they were like, you're the leader. I don't mm -hmm. think that because that would mean that you were predestined to start this position. Because if you think about it, back in the day, kings and queens were appointed to do what? Lead, right? But they typically had the money, right? They typically had the status. If you go into like old ages, if you go into like, I was watching uh, Apocalypto for those of you who who've seen that before, right? They had the king and he was like the, the guy calling the shots. Like that just means that for some reason you were born and you were just like, yep, that's that's what you're going to do because that's your purpose, right? I don't mm -hmm. think that anybody's born. I think that people are made and people are forced through the fire on leadership, right? I should just say something earlier. I'm not going to steal her thunder. But the thing is, even for myself, I used to, I, I remember one, Shannon, I remember one of these uh, surveys I got back on myself. Basically, everybody was like, cool guy, love to be around him. I'll work for him. All this stuff, all this great stuff. Mm -hmm. His environment is phenomenal. He just never holds us accountable. And I was like, God, what, do you, what do you mean? Like, I shouldn't have to tell you how oh, wow. to do your job, right? <laughs> and so that's the thing is like, that I had to learn from that. Okay, cool. Now, mm -hmm. boom, I got an accountability piece. Now I can build on that. So I'm mm -hmm. like, all right, boom, I know that I'm really good at this. I just had to tweak it. You know, some people go in with the power and the thunder. Like, ah, I got the power, right? And they just, mm -hmm. you're going to do this like old football coach style, right? Don't ask questions. Don't do none of that. Just do what I told you to do and be quiet about it, right? So there might be some tweaks. I think about Nick Saban. It works for him, but I'm pretty sure he has some yeah. people on his staff that create that environment <laughs> that people want to be there, if not the championship. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so they're, they're not really born. They're made, right? And for anybody out there, whether it's your communication style and I'll, and I'll preface it with this. I think there's only a specific group of people in the world who are just really just socially awkward. And I'll just be honest about it. And they get into situations and you have to lead a group of people. And they're like, you, you know, y'all know that kid, like that old man when it's like, when you want, when you, when you, when you wish you were like, that's that type of person. Right. Like, and they just, 
it just kind of doesn't come off right. But even you can get training to be able to fix that. Mm-hmm. I just I thoroughly think that if you take everything that's given to you, if you take your past experiences, if you take your future, like where you're trying to go and then build yourself to be that person, the leadership is going to come. I don't I don't think there's any doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right, Aisha, what you got? (laughs) So scientifically, (laughs) right, scientifically, what it is is that some people are born with natural traits. Some people are just naturally, you know, um, great of like being like, not want to say thrill seekers, but maybe decision makers. So there are studies that have shown that people have certain attributes that a leader needs. But just like Corey said, although, yes, you might have one up because maybe you're great. You've had this great decision making skill. You've been able to rationalize since you were young. But essentially, like he said, those skills and those abilities have to be nurtured. You have to develop those. And just like we know that leadership needs to be customized. On our earlier live where we're doing our business and leadership Q&A, we talked about how we need to realize that as leaders, we have to constantly evolve and innovate. We talk about innovation Mm -hmm. all the time and what we think about products and services, but we don't realize that we have to innovate how we connect. So we were talking about the multi-generational, how you have Gen Zers that are coming into these businesses and these organizations. You have millennials where I fall under. I'm an elder millennial, but I fall under that. But you have all these I am. I'm the elder millennial. But you I have all these different. Like I'm the elder in there, you know, because I'm like ah Gen X. I'm like there, but then I'm here. But anyway, <laughs> but um, what we have to realize is that as we're going into workspaces, as we're going into different rooms, we have to shape how we lead. We have mm-hmm. to change that up. So you might go into an organization. I've been in organizations where most of the people have been introverts. We don't have to worry about having a little powwows and go out to lunch every week. And I've been in organizations that a lot of them have had to be uh, one of those spaces where you had to interact. And as an introvert, that was hard for me, but I had to shape and mold and switch up how I did things. So yes, you have your basic soft skills. You need to be able to communicate. You need to have the decision-making skills. You need to be able to multitask, but essentially leadership is something that constantly is changing and evolving and you have to constantly change and evolve. So are leaders born? No. You're born with certain skills. You might have certain attributes that might be effective, but you even have to even sometimes identify when you want to tap into that, when you want to utilize that, when is it the best time to utilize that attribute that you have? So we have to realize that it's something that is consistently developed and it's we are constantly being made, as you say. Yeah. And so, so look, I got, I got one more thing for that too, though, right? So okay. when you talk about the elder millennial, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to talk about the elder millennial. <laughs> um, so when you're talking about your different your different styles, right? So something that people may not know is like, I should, she's like, hey, man, I'm, a, I'm an introvert. I don't really like being that. Meanwhile, I'm in a group and I'm like, hey, how's it going? Like, um, you know, the I remember the first time that we ever met, right? We were, we were going through the airport and she was like, how did you just talk to all these people for like, and you just held a conversation with this guy. But the thing is, you have to learn how to leverage that. Right. Mm -hmm. Because there are certain things that Aisha can do that. I'm like, "Eh, that's not me. Right. And there's Mm -hmm. certain things I eat just talking to random strangers while eating, eating lunch or dinner or whatnot. And she's like, yeah, I don't even know how you did that, (laughs) because there's just you have to understand who you are and then be able to leverage that. So the thing is, even as certain people think, well, I'm not an extrovert, I'm not a leader. That's not true. Right. It's just how you build that skill. There are there are countless successful introvert leaders. There are countless successful extrovert leaders. So it's just how do you build that skill set? So I I really liked what you had said about that. 
Definitely. And I mean, looking at the comments, I think you're going to have to hashtag elder millennials. <laughs> Listen, come through elder millennials. Okay. We've been there where it was like, oh yeah, I remember when we didn't have internet, but I remember when we did have internet, like we've been through. So I'm an elder in these millennial streets. I'm saying. Oh, with you on that one. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got, uh, what are the essential non-negotiable qualities of a great leader in the workplace? And we'll start with Aisha on this one. I mean, when you think about non-negotiables, I mean, again, you have to first, again, that's why I'm big on emotional intelligence and really understanding mm -hmm. who you are first. Because as I mentioned, even on the marketer cipher, how a lot of people go into leadership and they haven't taken time to analyze and identify who they are. What are your values? Why do you want to be a leader? Mm -hmm. We did a uh, series, We, um, um, the Act and Lead team, Corey and Tyrus were a part of, we did this series and we were talking about the CEO of WeWork or the former CEO and how he was so driven by money that now it started to affect how the company was run. I mean, you had investors that was investing in the company. I mean, dude was working out at work, walking around with his shirt off, sweating all over people's papers and stuff. He had a jet. He had a Maybach. He fired people and then had a party right after. And it's like we don't really take time and really analyze and assess why we want to lead. Why do you want to start that business? Is it solely because of money? So it's going to be so important that you identify for yourself what your values are. Identify what, you know, what your non-negotiables are and really figure out if the organization or what you're doing is in alignment. So that that's really going to be a, a self-assessing process. Okay, I know I'm about that bag. But I know if I go to this company here, they're about community and I don't care about community. And I know that sounds crazy, but some people are mm. solely about the bag. So why would you go work for a community organization when you're really about the bag? So non-negotiables are something that is an individual. I don't want to say what you shouldn't do or what you should do. That's an individual journey. But essentially, when you're going into service, into business, and you want to build a team and you want to connect and be effective, you really want to make sure that you assess your values, why you uh, believe that this is how things should be run, why you believe that this should be how, you know, you process things. And then from there, identify again, where was this? I always talk about the leadership worldview. Where was your worldview created from? What made you believe that this is what you needed in order for you to look good? Like, why did homeboy think he needed all these things? And really mm -hmm. go through that deep dive of self-assessment to figure out, is my worldview accurate? Because what my non-negotiables might be, I might think it's crazy. Like, that's your non-negotiables? I would think that you'll be like, I would never sell myself out. But you don't mind selling yourself out. So I think it is an individual journey that you need to go through to I truly identify what your beliefs are, identify what your values are, what your worldview is, figure out why it's that way and really make sure that when you go into business, it's in alignment with the people and the team and the organization you connect with because that's where a lot of leaders mess up at. They go into something with mm -hmm. one idea and then they're like, I didn't know that I had to care about you guys, but I do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and because I do, and because I don't care about you guys, everything is going to tank. So really make sure that's something you um, go through. And again, I, I can give you specific ones, but that's a journey that you'll have to figure out as a leader on your own so you can make sure it's effective and it's really going to be beneficial for your business, your brand, or the organization you support to move forward. Don't go anywhere. Stay right here for the other half of this message. That'll be back to you in one second. I don't know about you, but this whole throw the whole 2020 away, it doesn't apply to me because this year was a great year for me. 
I was able to make more impact, boost sales, do more in my business, and even personally develop even more in 2020. And that's because I had already created a plan and a goal. And yes, I had to make adjustments and tweaks, but I was still able to execute effectively. As we go into 2021, I want you to be prepared. I want you to have the tools so you can really take action and make each year successful regardless of what it throws at you. So I want you to join me and my team at Leadership and Management Consulting on December 17th at 6 Central or 7 Eastern to create a 2021 business strategy plan. We're going to help you launch, leverage, and lead your business. We're going to map out your annual goals. We're going to really help you strategize effectively for the entire year. Yes, you're going to have a plan for the entire year when you hop on. So to participate, text ACT and LEAD to 443-230-5587. Again, text ACT, A-C-T, all lowercase, the and sign, L-E-A-D, so ACT and LEAD to 443-230-5587. Again, that's ACT and LEAD to 443-230-5587. Set your business up for success by attending this launch, Leverage and LEAD 2021 kickoff. Yeah, and uh, man, how do I go after that? No, I'm just, I'm just playing. I, I don't what? even know. <laughs> but, so, so I think the first thing for me, or the first two things, really, is transparency. Your mm-hmm. level of transparency can vary. I'm a very transparent person when I'm with my team. I'm a very transparent person when I'm around people. Um, the level can change, uh, but if I'm working together with you, if I'm, if I'm really with you and we rocking together, I'm transparent, right? Like I'm not one of these mm-hmm. people who's just gonna, well, you don't know anything about my life. You don't know anything about my hobbies or anything that I do because the best way to build a great team and because you are a leader is to get buy-in, right? And so mm-hmm. people, again, people never buy into the, to your position or your title or whatnot. People buy into like what you're doing this for, right? And so when they come in and they say, hey, you know what? I want I want you to be the best person that you can. Or you like I just said, you got some people who's like, let's go get the bag. Right. And you got some people if you are transparent with them and you're like, look, I'm trying to get this bag, man. Other people might come in and be like, well, let's get this bag together. Right. Let's let's figure mm-hmm. out how we all get the bag. But there's a level of transparency that you have. And, and I think that plays into my second piece of authenticity. You have to be who you are all the time. Um, I, I don't know very many great leaders who are not themselves and they put this facade up in front of people. And then when they go home, they're like this completely other, like different person. Right. Um, they may be you might have some slight tweaks here and there because you don't want to bring that to the workplace. But for mm-hmm. the most part, this is who I am. And people buy into that and people will love you and people will be ready to run through a wall. People will be ready to do whatever. You could be like, hey, can you go hang that up from the rafters up there? That's not even in your job description. They'll be like, you know what? I got you. Don't worry about that. So the transparency, authenticity. And then the, the, the third thing, because I agree with everything that Aisha said, is every leader should have some level of accountability and some level to stretch people. Mm-hmm. If you're not stretching people, I don't know if you're leading people. And the reason I say that is because if I work for you, right, or or I'm running a business and I have my team or whatnot, if I'm not pushing you to get better as an individual, if I'm not if I'm not pushing you to say one day soon, you won't work for me. Right. And whether that's a promotion within your your workplace, whether that's you going and doing your own thing, if you're an entrepreneur or whatnot, you should be pushing people to be like, I hope one day soon that you don't report to me. 
because simply because I pushed you to the next level. I pushed mm-hmm. you to the promotion. I pushed you to a different department, right? In a good way, like not pushed you because <laughs> you, you can't quite get this job function right. But I pushed you, right? So I think those things, transparency, authenticity, and then and then you need that push, right? Like you need to stretch people. Definitely, definitely. I, I mean, that, that question in itself was a TED talk. <laughs> like it's, it's so many directions you can go on that because I mean, that there's... A, a set of, like you said, non-negotiables that's up in the air, you know, that that's a whole different uh, journey that, like you said, depends on you, depends on what you're trying to get out of your leadership position, depends on what the company is trying to get out of you, what they're trying to get out of your team. But as far as essential qualities, I, you know, I think both of you hit it right on the head and especially uh, when you were saying about the transparency and authenticity part, like the people that you lead, they're going to know who you are and they're going to know quickly. They're going to know if you're putting on a, a mask in front of them and they're going to know if, okay, this is, you know, who this person really is. They do have a vested interest in what we're doing. They do want to see me succeed. They're not just in it for themselves. They are about the team and they're trying to get this W for everybody. You know, pe- people see right through that. So I, I think that was a, a very great point that you brought up. Yeah. And, and so just one more thing, right? So it's just, you said people see it like immediately understand that we are we are adults right unless you are a team leader of children that they can't quite function on how to figure it out and really that's like age 12 and younger maybe 10 and younger now with the, the way these these kids are nowadays they're gonna see it immediately and so it made me think about one time i took over this team and uh they were like you know what you're you're very down to earth and it's like i can tell that you're being yourself man my last supervisor I always wonder, like, is his marriage okay? Because there's no way that he goes home and acts like this. And I was like, listen, (laughs) I've had those same assessments. Like, does your spouse know you like this at work? There's no, there's no, you can't be like this at work. Like, do they know? Because, like, you'll have some people who are whole tyrants and they got family and kids, and you're like, what? Well, who are these different peoples? You got friends? What's worse is when you see them when you're out and about, and then you, you're you like, okay, how do I approach them? And then they're all, hey, how you doing? And it's like, hold on, you don't even say good morning at work. Right. <laughs> I think the worst thing that you can ever get as a description to yourself, and I've I've heard this about many people, great guy. Great girl, terrible, terrible leader. I think mm. I'm not sure how that correlates with each other. Great guy. I'm not sure why it's not connecting as the leadership aspect. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Next up, we have what is the best way for an employee to lead their team without major disruption if the designated leader is actually a manager or a supervisor? So the person that's in charge of the team. It is only concerned with managing the project, managing the tasks, supervising people's timesheets, but really could care less about morale and motivation. So how does a, an employee maneuver and keep their team going, keep the morale going and, and lead everybody without causing a lot of friction and disruption? Man, so look, I, I got the perfect scenario for this. Y'all. Like you asking all the <laughs> questions that I needed today. So look. <laughs> Leadership does again. It doesn't have a title, right? So you are free to with, and I'll get into this in a second. You are free to lead within your group, right? And to be honest with you, many leaders love 
when you lead within the group, as long as it's not such a disruption that we're saying, hey, this the goal is to get X. And you're like, no, we're going to do Y because I said so. Mm-hmm. That's completely that's when you start to disrupt the workplace. Right. That's when you disrupt your team. But here's the thing. You have a lot of people and I call these people Band-Aid managers. Right. So because they, mm-hmm. they see the problem, put a Band-Aid on it. OK, we fixed. We stayed off a list. Uh, I approved your time. I'm not really developing you, but I've. I'm making sure that the administrative work is done and you get your paycheck on time. Right. And the people that I report to are asking questions. So we must be doing fine. Right. And so I had an individual come up to me one time. She said, I never get coached. I never get developed. Uh, when I ask a question, it's like it's as if I'm, you know, irking her nerves right now. And mm-hmm. so I said, OK, well, why don't you just rally the team? And she was like, well, that's not my job. And I said, ah, well, let's talk mm-hmm. about this. You are directly responsible for the environment that you work in. Right. So if you're a leader, if the person mandated with the title isn't doing the thing that you want to do, rally your team around it. Right. And no one will ever be mad. No other manager, no director, no vice president. None of your peers will be upset if you say, you know what, you can actually y'all take this with a grain of salt. You can oust the situation that you're that you're in currently when you say, you know what? In my group, we want to have fun, but we want to be great while we're doing it. Right. So we're putting up numbers. We're having fun. We're joking around. We enjoy coming to work now. Right. We're getting our job done because ultimately that's what needs to be done. And we're giving this manager supervisor what they need. Right. Which is probably performance and it's probably compliance on what needs to be done. But within that, let's rally the team together, because I'm sure that other people are also, you know, in this state of misery. So what you need to do is then take yourself and say, I want to be literally be the change that you want to see and rally your team around that and get other people bought in. And if your supervisor or your manager or your director, whoever that is, has an issue with it at that point, how crazy is it? And I pose this to a lot of people. How crazy is it if someone approaches you and says, hey, I know y'all are doing your job. Y'all are just kind of having too much fun. If that happens. I, you know, I think you need to leverage your own talent at that point. But I definitely believe that you you have to get the buy in at other places. And to be honest with you, once you do that, that supervisor will probably just be like, oh, yeah, they got it. And they continue to do the same thing. And y'all are in y'all are in the situation you want to be in. So. And I want to pivot another perspective for it. I think it's also a challenge for you as a supervisor and a manager, because I'm assuming you want to get to that level. I, I want you to challenge yourself mm-hmm. to have a conversation with that leader and identify mm-hmm. and saying, this is what the word on the street is. And here are my ideas. These are the things that I want to address. This is the, these are the things I want to cover. But having that riggedy, I call it the riggedy raw conversation, is uncomfortable, <laughs> but that might be the conversation that you need to have. I've mm-hmm. created a culture and, and that's the blessing of COVID. Like COVID has allowed me to self-reflect as a leader. It's challenged me a lot. And I've got, I had pivoted into a season because I'm one of those people who will internalize my emotions. But then I wear my emotions on my sleeve. So if I don't like you, I'm going to be on the call. Like when you talk and everybody laugh and I'm going to be like. <laughs> and then the leader's like, Aisha, you can't do it. People are watching you. You're right. Mm-hmm. So I pivoted to a season where I had to start having more uncomfortable conversations. The first one was the hardest one possible. I had to turn my camera off because I was crying. Like I, I had all these emotions wow. that I had balled. I'm serious. I internalized. I pushed that thing down. And when it comes up, 
And when I get, you know, I'm one of those people who cry when they get mad too. So I'm one of those people. But I had to verbalize it to external, like to actually communicate what the issue is. And after I got over that one conversation, now I was able to have a lot more. So if you are, if your goal is to essentially get to that level of a leader, this is also a challenge for you. How can you grow in this moment? Corey had some great tools and tips. Okay, you can actually go in and say, listen, well, I'm going to come up with some strategies and ways to really make the team jail well and create and change this climate. But what are you guys doing to have, like, what kind of conversations are you having? Are you guys having meetings? Are you sharing your ideas? Are you connecting with one another? And then if not, try to have that conversation because a lot of times, so some people are so close to it and they don't even see the other perspective. My supervisor had to tell me, and again, for people who might not know, I'm in the military. So my military leader had to say, I, I was so ingrained in what was going on. I couldn't see myself from her lens. So she mm -hmm. was able to bring in a fresh new perspective and said, Aisha, people are watching you. People look up to you. They da 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 da. So how you're showing up is not the best way to show up. And I'm like, I didn't even know I was showing up that way, ma'am. Okay, let me backtrack. So mm -hmm. yeah, that conversation might actually be needed because now this might be that level of accountability Corey was talking about. Maybe you guys can start mm -hmm. creating and gelling and meshing and create a uh, partnership or a leadership type of uh, accountability si situation where now you can play on each other's strengths and now you can say, okay, this is what I noticed. This is how we can play on each other's strengths. Okay, you have some great ideas. Let's launch it. And now, now you guys are working as a team. And of course, if this is one of those situations where they don't want to hear it, they don't want to like, you know, they don't want to necessarily like pivot and change again, just like Corey said, implement those changes and leverage that opportunity because now you can have that as an opportunity for you to be highlighted. So when a uh, one of my team members say, oh man, what you did was so great. Can you put that in the email for me and send that to? Okay, thank you. Can you? Mm -hmm. Oh, you bought that. Okay, can you? And again, leverage that opportunity. So now if that person isn't listening, now maybe the higher ups can start to notice that revenue is going up. Um, clients are happy. And now you will be recognized. But I want you to try in this season to start having those uncomfortable conversations because you never know if that conversation is, that per is what that person needs so they can stretch. And then you're also stretching yourself because now you are going at communication in a very effective way that's going to benefit you in the future as you move up to the different levels of leadership. Definitely. Like, I, I think that question is so important because a, a lot of people, I mean, let's just face it, they feel like the person that's their supervisor or their, or their manager, they're only holding the title. They're not embodying the actual position. You know, and a lot of people feel like, oh, well, I don't want to rock the boat and say anything or I don't want them to feel like I'm trying to take over. It's not about taking over. You know, like Corey alluded to earlier, you're on that team. So you're partially responsible for the environment of that team, you know, and like Aisha was saying, forget the whole, you know, um, I don't want to rock the boat mentality. You have to have that uncomfortable conversation like you owe it to yourself, if anybody to work in an environment that's productive and that's positive. So why sit there and have this mentality of, oh, well, I don't want my supervisor getting mad or I don't want them to think I'm trying to steal their position. So what if you're if you're bettering the team, if you're helping to improve productivity, take that leap, have that conversation, boost that morale, motivate your team. You know, if you, your supervisor will realize it when your team is all coming to you, 
and they notice their email isn't jumping, their phone isn't jumping, nobody's stopping past their office, they'll get in line because, you know, like Corey was saying earlier, what supervisor is really going to say, oh, man, y'all having too much fun. Numbers are going too high. <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen. And if they do, then you got a whole nother conversation to have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? and it- and the, and the biggest thing is is just understanding that you have to the the three the three management I guess styles or directions that you got to go right manage down manage out manage up right so in this position it sounds like we're talking about like a like a line type of position right like an entry level uh, maybe a couple steps up or whatnot not really in the in the leadership position left learn how to manage up and those are some difficult mm-hmm. conversations and I, I I had an individual one time I coached her through. A conversation how to have it and her her supervisor actually took a step back thanked her for it and then actually he took mm-hmm. a step down because he was like you know what after i had that conversation i did some self-reflecting and yeah i don't think i, I don't think i'm able at this point to give you what i need to give you so let me go oh, ahead wow. and step down because i don't want to hinder your growth and that's big that's this pivotal to have these conversations because like i should say sometimes you're in the thick of it and you you can see the trees, but you forget that you're in the forest. Mm-hmm. And come and come with solutions. Come with solutions. We can identify and say, okay, this is what the consensus of the team is. This team has identified that they want to go to lunch every month. They want to um, have instead of you meeting with them every six months for a midweek, mm-hmm. a mid-year review and the annual review, they want to have regular check-ins. Okay, so this is the ideas and the plans I'm thinking that could work for both of us, and we can split the time this way. So now you're going in, you're identifying this is the pain points. Okay, now that we've identif- identified the the pain points. Okay, these are some strategies and some solutions, some solutions that I found that could potentially work. What do you think? Versus saying, "Well, I think you should do this. I think you should do this." Bobby and them mm-hmm. said you acting like this. This is what y'all doing. But now you've gone in and you went in strategically. I have this poll. I have this data here. Now these are some solutions. And now the way you're going to make sure it, it doesn't look like you're just trying to take over. What do you think? I have some. I have some solutions. Some people recommended. What do you think? I think we can work together and come up with some great ideas. So these are some ideas. So hey, give me your feedback. And now you guys are working as a team within the mm-hmm. leadership team. So coming with solutions versus just pointing out the issues. Like that is that is so key what you just said because you you have to understand depending on the mentality of your supervisor they may get defensive if you just come in there with complaints but when you take the solution based you know strategy with your conversation it brings their shoulders down it brings the walls down no bricks up and they're like okay we can sit here and really look at this. Maybe they didn't understand that things were as bad as they are because they're only focusing on what their job is. You know, sometimes they need to have the blinders taken off so they can see the full scope of what's going on, you know, so that that's very, very vital, you know. Now we're going to transition to what were your takeaways? This is the segment on the podcast where we review what we just heard and really analyze and think about what pieces applies to me or what tools, what strategies, what things that I take away from this before we start thinking about going to the next piece and the next piece. And it's really important to me that we do that as leaders, professionally, personally, to take more time to read a chapter of a book, listen to a podcast, listen to someone's talk, 
pause it and say, okay, what did I just take away from it? Because sometimes we're like, ooh, ah, we'll nod our head like, ooh, that's good. But then how can we apply that to our life? And there's certain pieces that maybe it's not going to be applicable right now, but pausing and really thinking about your takeaways are super important. So for me, things I just want to highlight were my takeaways or things I just want to reiterate is like I've mentioned before, why are you getting into leadership? What are your values? What are your non-negotiables? Because a lot of times I've been saying this a lot. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of Clubhouse, but really dope app. And there's been a lot of great conversations in there. And one of the conversations we were talking about is really just leveraging and understanding the power we have in the choices we make in business and partnerships, even if you're trying to level up an organization. And a lot of times we go into spaces looking at it like choose me without looking at it from the other perspective of I choose you, meaning I see that you too can provide me with the tools, the strategies, the experience that I need, um, the connections that I need for me to get to the next goal that I have. So how many of you out there, when you're going into leadership roles or when you're going into business, you really analyze this and say, okay, how does this benefit me? But also recognize what comes with this role because Yes, I choose you, but now what are the expectations of this organization? What is this business going to require of me? What are my values? What are my non-negotiables? What are things that don't align with what, what, what I do want to do? Excuse me, what things don't align with what I'm trying to do um, and what things do align with what I'm trying to do? And just analyzing all of those different things because a lot of times we'll attach our thing, our t- excuse me, attach ourselves based off of the externals or what we can benefit from it, but we don't really look at the deep-rooted request or requirements or expectation that comes with that specific partnership, that specific organization. So you really want to analyze that when you're researching a company you want to work for, a leadership role you want to get into, what comes with it? Okay, I want to partner with you. I want to partner with this brand. Oh, we're going to get into business together. What does that look like? And really analyzing that and, of course, looking at your values, writing that down, really really assessing it before you say yes to really engaging and pursuing that um, partnership, pursuing that leadership role, pursuing that business. Really look at that because I think it's important to know that sometimes we get into things or maybe you found yourself getting into something. You're like, I didn't realize that I was going to end up spending 12 hours a day working. I didn't realize that you were going to expect me to, you know, reach out to these many people a day. And now you're like, man, I, I didn't expect this. But just imagine if you would have just asked those questions early on. So consider your values, your non-negotiables and things that really align with what you're trying to do. Corey mentioned a lot about transparency, authenticity, accountability, because now if you get into that team aspect, you know that team engagement or building a team is important to you. When you're trying to build a team, it's no longer just your way. And teams look like teams, like there are a variety of teams that you could be a part of. You have your family dynamic. That's a team. You have um, a team could be, you know, you and your children because maybe you're a single parent or so. Your team can be you and your friends. And we know from all these different teams we're in, there are going to be sometimes things that they want to do that we don't want to do. There are going to be different things, motivational factors, um, things that you know benefit with engaging those people that might be different than how you like to be engaged. You might have that one friend that is motivated one way and likes to do this one thing and this friend that likes to do another thing. 
you might have children. I have two children. They are completely different. I mean, they have similarities, but there are a lot of things that's different about each one. So I try to find a healthy medium or recognize, hey, son, we can't do this because now it's your sister's turn. Sister, your brother, it's his turn. And we have to kind of balance that out. It's the same thing with any other team that you're engaging with, even from the professional side and the business side. There are going to be certain things that you have to realize you have to customize for each person. I talk about a lot, I talk about that a lot, that leadership isn't one size fits all. And there are going to be different strategies, different aspects that you have to tap into when you're engaging it with the team. So when Corey talked about transparency, authenticity, accountability, pushing your team, all those factors are important, but also recognize that when you're engaging with different team members, really start to learn about those individuals to know, okay, how transparent can you be with them? How do you balance that to still maintain a level of professionalism? walking in your authenticity, being who you are. And again, it goes back to your values, non-negotiables, what that organization expects of you, because they might be like, listen, ain't no transparency. I need you to function this way. This is how you're going to hold them accountable. And that might not vibe with you because you might be more of a transformational leader versus being someone that is more transactional and so on. So really start considering those things when you're getting in a team dynamic or you're having to manage the team. It's no longer about how you want to do things. It's about what's going to benefit fit the organization as well as this team so we can reach this goal that we're trying to reach. And also remember, right, you know, uh, we were also like talking about how you can be a great person and a bad leader. And this is something that, you know, you probably have experienced where it's just like, wow, like how (laughs) you might have somebody that is a tyrant in the workplace or somebody that is not necessarily as effective as a leader, But on the outside, it's like, how are you a totally different person? And of course, that's an individual journey that that person has to go to. But for you, you don't be that person. You don't be that person where you are um, transformational and caring at one place and you're not the same with others. And yes, it's two different spaces. There's a level of professionalism and there's a level of, hey, what, what I do in my personal life is my personal life. But again... When you're functioning in a team dynamic, people are really looking for people who care. They're looking for people who support them. They're really looking for a leader that is about the team and not solely about self. Even they're looking for teams that aren't solely about what the organization wants. And yes, what the organization wants is important. But again, also recognizing that, okay, do I, is there a level of inclusivity? Does, does my leader going to, are they going to hear my voice? Because maybe there's some organizational processes or systems that are ineffective that needs to be remedied. And that's what I mean, that it's not always about what the organization wants. We do want to make sure the organization, because again, that if we work for a space and it's not our business, they have specific goals and things that they um, exactly want you to focus on. However, if there are some things that within the system that you have influenced to change and you know it's, it's not benefiting the team, now again, can you be my advocate? Can you go back and say this isn't working? Can you be- go back and really just ensure that Everyone within that team is has a voice that's being heard, and then now you're moving it up the chain, and you're letting them know, hey, this isn't working. Can we fix it? So that's the other side, right? So we want to have that balance. And then finally, like I mentioned before, um, you can't be a leader that doesn't care about morale or motivation. Again, you can't be a leader that doesn't care about morale and motivation, and it was something that Corey said as well, that that's something that comes along with it. 
There's certain attributes that a leader should have. And when you're going into that space and you want people to push towards that mission and vision and you want them to reach that business goal, there is a level of you know recognition that you have to do. There's a level of motiv- a motivation factor. There is going to be some resiliency practices that you need to teach them. There's going to be so many different factors to keep those individuals engaged. So once you start getting into teams, and building a team is a whole different ball game. It's solely not about how you do things. And this is how I roll. It is what it is. And again, all those individuals do have a choice to continue to work for you. But if you start seeing that you're having a high turnover rate, you start seeing that you can't keep an employee, you start seeing that there's going to be breakdowns within your organization or within your business, you have to start looking at yourself. And that's a part of being a manager. That's a part of being a leader. You have to consider the team, their needs, and having a balance of all those different aspects, the organizational needs, the team needs, your individual needs, and really bringing things to a nice, full like level of alignment and have a process so you can effectively manage all those different things. So that's what comes with being a leader, and it is possible to handle. And that's why leadership development is so powerful. And that's why developing and understanding these different aspects of how to lead effectively is important. So those are my takeaways. Again, what was your takeaways? If you want to message those to me, DM me on my social media accounts at Miss Aisha Speaks. You can definitely email those to me, info at AishaThomas.org. Or if there's a topic you want me to talk about, hit me up. Um, And don't forget, you know, subscribe to this podcast. Share this with somebody who might need this information as they go into 2021. As I was listening to this podcast, I said I was going to break it down to two parts. It's going to be three because we talked about some a lot of good stuff. So make sure you tune in next week for part two of this message. And as always, I appreciate you guys tuning in and I will catch you guys next week. Bye. I got you. It's coming. Are you ready to ignite the fire? We are speak fire. Oh, and by the way, that's fire with a Y. What's going on, everyone? Internal fire. Student fire. Young fire. Father's fire. Leadership fire. Champion fire. (laughs) (laughs) Unlocking the fire within. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's grow. Speak fire. Speakfire.com. Speak fire with a Y. We have a new episode that comes out every Monday at 4 a.m. Are you going to be up with us? Deuces. I want to shout out all my faithful listeners for tuning in every week. And don't forget to follow me on social media at Miss Aisha Speaks on all platforms. That's M-S-A-I-S-H-A Speaks. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Turn your notifications on and leave a comment if this podcast has blessed you in any kind of way. I thank you for all your support. Many blessings to you.